16, Matthew chapter 28, I am saved to the uttermost, the greatest day of my life. Amen. Serve a good God. We were saying in prayer meeting before the service today, and it was, I love playing with the men. It's just a sweet spirit in there. But we were saying, man, it was a good service this morning, and we're thankful for it, but we were also saying, we don't want to live off yesterday's bread either. And uh, I thank God that we serve a God that's alive and well, and uh, he, can, he shows up every time we meet, and I'm thankful for that. The difference is, are we willing to have an open heart to what he has to say? Not what he has to say, but what he has to say. Amen. Mark, Mark chapter 16, verse 14, we'll go right into the message. Is that the word he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them uh, which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and what? Preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, what I get from that is that that tells me that Miss Carrie's cat that is so wild and crazy needs to get saved because we're supposed to give the gospel to every creature. Amen. But that's just a side point. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall uh, lay hands on the sick, so shall they recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached where? Everywhere. <clears throat> the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following Amen. And the gifts of the Spirit did come on the day of Pentecost. And I thank God for that. God wrought wonderful miracles through the hands of uh, everyday born-again believers. Amen. For many years. Language wasn't a barrier at all. God would give people the gift of tongues to get the gospel out. They preached everywhere. And what did they preach? They preached the gospel. Amen. Brother Jim, would you open the message in a word of prayer, sir? I got two points. Point number one, the Great Commission. It's fascinating how different people see things differently. Right? You got political views. You got uh, colors. Men and women don't see the same on colors. Uh, and I thank God for that. Uh, but we have different perspectives all the time. And, and, and we've heard the illustration all the time where a police officer needs, there's, there's something happens and there's a saying the police officer is taking uh, notes from all the uh, different wit eyewitnesses and they all have stories that are a little different. That's normal. That actually proves uh, honesty. Everybody has the exact same story, 
there's red flags. And um, perfect example. And, and, and it doesn't mean it's the same story, but people might have saw things from a different angle. So it might sound different at times. Me and Rachel, when we flipped that kayak a couple of weeks ago, uh, kayaks, plural, um, we got off to the side as quick as we could. And, 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 and long story short, when we got home, I realized that we were missing one of those little rubber lids that go on the front and it holds like your little phone or your snacks or whatever. But the lid was missing. But the only way that the lid could be missing because it didn't fall off during the fall, that was holding Rachel's phone in there. Which means that after we got to the shore, Rachel took the lid off to get her phone out because she had her phone. And like putting these things together, I'm saying, Rachel, you took the lid off on dry land. Where's the lid? We don't know. So I make a mental note, okay, I need to go back to where we got off because it's got to be sitting on the shore, right? Just, right? So I go back and me and Ava and Wyatt, and I go back there and I'm here to tell you it looked completely different a week later to me. The little spot, uh, and you guys probably know it there in Flat Rock, uh, uh, just off the little walking bridge. Well, I thought it was. It was all like a, all sand going up and sand and, and just woods. But it was not sand. It was cement. And it was cement, uh, just an opening like 10 foot wide. And then on the edge of the opening, it's like it's like uh, 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 cement square curbs that they formed in there. Not at all what I had in my mind, but I was there. I mean, I was there personally, and I saw something in my mind that was a little different. Not being bitter towards my wife, I moved on. We got to buy a new one now. That's fine. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad we got our phone. That would have been the bigger issue. <laughs> now I'll turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Matthew gives an account of the same thing, but with a different description. Maybe some little different highlights. Both telling the absolute truth. This is the God-preserved word. God-inspired word. Matthew 28, 16. Says, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This is like that boggled my mind. The disciples. I mean, they've gone through Jesus' ministry. They've seen miracle after miracle. People brought uh, from dead to life again. At, at this point, think about it. At this point, they've done been in the upper room where Jesus just showed up, remember? So to, to, so to show up uh, here at the very end, right before Jesus descends into heaven, for some disciples to even have a doubt in their mind at all boggles my mind yet at the same time we're no different than that you know what that just goes to show miracles would not if, if God came down here and performed miracles there would be some that wouldn't believe because all the time over and over in the Bible God would do miracles God would God raised Lazarus from the dead after being dead for three days people saw that and still went and told Times the Pharisees said, hey, look what he's doing. We've got to get him. Even though they saw a miracle take place. Amen. 
Verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He said, Go ye therefore and teach who? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe what? All things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The Great Commission is more than the message of the death, burial, and resurrection. The Great Commission is to preach the entire gospel message, the entire word of God, cover to cover, all things that he taught them to the whole entire earth, to all nations. Of course, the death, burial, and resurrection is the core message of that. But all scripture points to the death, burial, and resurrection. I like how I like how when Larry Bell gives his testimony of salvation, he's working, what was it, GM, I think? Okay, he's working with this guy and he's giving him the plan of salvation. And, there, and Larry Bell, every night he'd come and they'd have the same conversation at work and and Larry Bell would think, I'm going to stump him with this because I looked up on, on oh, probably not online. <laughs> but I, I, I learned something and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to stump him on this. And, and he's not going to know what to do. Like, can God uh, make a rock that he can't pick up or things like that? And that, whoever that kind, patient gentleman was, every time Larry Bell would say, hey, I'm going to debate you on this. I'm going to get you on this. He would say, hey, let's, let's talk about that. But first... Let me show you what's important. We've got to understand first before we do anything else. The death, burial, and resurrection. Because if you, if you don't have salvation in Jesus Christ, you got nothing. And, and I love that testimony and how that, that man would keep pointing to the, the van, uh, Brother Larry Bell. Jesus and salvation and the importance of the blood of Christ. And if God didn't send His Son to die for a lost people, then we'd all be condemned to a hell which we are without Christ. Amen. Number one, you have the Great Commission. Number two, you have the Great Conviction. If we turn to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24, might as well turn to John chapter 10 as well. Joshua 24 and John chapter 10. Whenever I come up with a title, and we only do that because we have to for the YouTube. <clears throat> Every time I come up with a title, I always wonder, what's right you're going to do with that one? <laughs> Amen. Number one, the Great Commission. Number two, the Great Conviction. Abraham was born in a place called Mesopotamia. That would be Iraq somewhere today. Abraham was not born a Jew. Although he was the father of them. Abraham's father was not a Jew. <coughs> Amen. Absolutely not. Which would, which would make Abraham not born a Jew. Look at Joshua 24 verse 2. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham. And the father of Nacor, and they served other 
God's little g in plural. How amazing it is the thought. We think of Father Abraham. I mean Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Man. Abraham. Not raised in what we would call a Christian home. Not raised in a, a, a God of the Bible believing home. Abraham, as a child growing up, taught to worship other gods. Taught to bow down to other gods. Hard to... You know what that goes to show? It don't matter what our background is. It don't matter if you're rich or poor. It don't matter if you were raised in denomination that doesn't believe the Bible. It doesn't matter if you were raised in a cult that doesn't believe the truth. It doesn't matter. You can accept Christ as your Savior. And what a blessing that is. My dad was raised in a denomination that didn't believe the truth of the Word. In fact, his denomination put their denomination equal to the Word. My dad went through all their schooling and spent years. His family was devoted to this denomination. Yet the entire time, he never ever heard about John chapter 3 where, where Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, and, and, and Jesus spent time in John chapter 3 telling Nicodemus, hey, this is how you go to heaven. You have to have a spiritual birth. I dead never, ever heard about that. But what do you do naturally? Got out of his Bible. He started reading for himself. Actually, it was a, a Billy Graham crusade. My mom first got saved. I watched, watching on TV a Billy Graham crusade. And it was like a week or two later, um, my dad knew that she got saved. He said, I'm going to check this out for myself. And he started reading the Bible for himself. You belong to a religion or a cult or denomination that says don't read your Bible. We'll tell you what it says. Leave immediately. Leave immediately. Amen. I thank God for the saving power of the Word of God, the truth. Number one, the great commission. Number two, the great conviction. Amen. At some point in Abraham's life, Abraham clearly gave his heart to the Lord. Here's a question that come across my mind. Why doesn't, why doesn't God give us in Scripture the time and place when Abraham accepted uh, uh, the promise of the coming Messiah? The, the moment when, when Abraham said, Lord, I trust in you. I, I, I'm not going to serve these other gods. I'm going to trust in you only. God doesn't give us that. I know God can't give us everything because our little pea brains can't handle it all. Amen to that. You think he'd give us, man, the time and place for Abraham. I got to thinking about that, and the answer came with a, another question. It's probably the same reason as why did God hide the burial place of Moses? Because we would shrine it. And we would have legalistic people, and we might would fall into that same crowd where we'd say, uh, how is Moses buried? We have to be buried the exact same way. We say, where was Abraham? Uh, where did Abraham call upon God? Well, we have to, was he stooped down on, a, on one knee? Well, we have to stoop down on one knee like Abraham did. did, did who, who, led him, who led him to the Lord? What, was it, was it uh, a missionary? Was it an evangelist? Was it the pastor? Because that's how we have to do it. That's how people are. But at some point in Abraham's life, he gave his heart to God. 
I would hope, man, that at some point in our lives, our lives but a span. We only got this amount of time. I'm going to be 40 uh, coming here in a couple months. And it's painful already. First, But we have this little window to serve the Lord. That's it. I'm realizing coming in on 40 and saying that I'm not like 20 anymore. Uh, <laughs> Red Jim mentioned uh, there's a lot of rooftop work being done and and, he, and I mentioned how you know I'm uh, coming up on 40 or I, I, maybe I was sore or something. And he says, well, I'm not 40 anymore. And I'm thinking, man, one day I'm going to be saying I'm not 40 anymore. Yeah. One day you wake up and you got four kids wanting food. <laughs> Amen. Life is but a vapor. I've known men that personally known men that uh, said I believe in God and I believe that Jesus Christ is a salvation for all sinners but I'm not going to trust in him right now I'll, I'll do it later in life later in life never came I know two people personally Abraham basically comes on the scene in Genesis 12 and we'll be there in a little bit. God's talking to Abraham and he's looking for Abraham to be obedient. I mean, obedience in a big way. I got to thinking, you know, last time I checked, God only speaks to his children. Um, non-believers want nothing to do with the will of God. Naturally. They're not God's children. Look at John chapter 10, verse 25. John chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, that, and ye believe not, that the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness on me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Abraham trusting in the God of the Bible. At some point in his life, he made a decision. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Psalms 1.6 says, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Psalms 37.23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Abraham at some point called upon the name of the Lord. Then God called on Abraham to do something that no man has ever done before. I mean, something that was unique only to Abraham. God never called a child of Satan to be a missionary or a pastor or a Sunday school teacher. That's not how it works. He speaks to his children. uses his children. We turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. This is really where Abraham comes in the... In the in, in, Scripture, and, and, and I know you're thinking, you're thinking, how on earth does Abraham? What on earth does Abraham have to do with the Great Commission right now? I'm telling you, we'll get there. Bear with me; we won't be here much longer. By ten more minutes, we'll be done. Genesis chapter twelve, verse one. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, that was Abraham's name early on. Amen. Go 
Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, into the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and these shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Seventy-five years old. He was already well off. I dare say wealthy. At seventy-five years old, he could have lived comfortably. He didn't have to go living in tents and walk around the desert for the rest of his days. But he chose to trust the Word of God over what man's wisdom would say. God made from Abraham a completely new nation. That's the main point that I'm really driving to right now. God made from Abraham a completely new nation. That is significant. Uh, only God, uh, the, the God of the Bible could do something like that. Not the gods that Abraham was taught to worship growing up. Not even close. You say, well, why did God do that? Why would God make a completely new nation? I'll tell you why. And what little earthly thoughts that my brain can handle. So, so the Philistines can't say that the Messiah came from our people. So the Canaanites couldn't say that the, the Messiah uh, that, that came has our character traits. So, so the Ammonites couldn't say that we're more blessed because the Son of God came from our loins. Modern day terms. So the Iraqis can't say we're superior. The Russians can't say we're superior. So the Canadians can't say we're superior. So Americans can't say we're superior. God came from our lineage. God literally made an entire race of people, an entire nation. Woo! No ties to any other, any other nationality. Knowing that the seed of the coming Messiah needed to be peculiar, specific, and a called out bloodline. Not only did, it, did God send Abraham to be separated from his people, I mean his natural born nationality. But God told Abraham that his seed after him, him will be under bondage for 400 years. The only thing about the story of Abraham, you're thinking, why would Abraham trust in an almighty God to leave his his nation, to leave his father's house, to leave the comforts of home, and boy, he had the comforts of home. To go live in tents, wandering for the rest of his days, of course he was looking for a country not made with hands. Amen to that. Abraham's doing all this, trusting in God, because really, that makes no sense from our point of view. Well, why can't you make me make a nation out of me back at home? Why do I got to go wander the desert? That's what we do as Christians. We say to the Lord, well, why does it got to be this way? I'm more comfortable at home doing something else. God said, this is the way it's got to be. And at the same time, Abraham's thinking, I just, I done left home. I'm going to be wandering for who knows how long. And then God tells him, oh, and, and um, your children, your grandchildren, your grandchildren's grandchildren, they're all going to be under bondage for 400 years. 
And in the midst of that, he also tells him, I need you to sacrifice your son. And we think, well, to be Abraham. We struggle to come to a church service when it's hot out. I'm preaching to the choir, I know it, but you get my point. It doesn't take much for us to say, oh, it's life is so hard. We're blessing. Rob worked all afternoon trying to finish up a side job. He still came to the house of God. That's amen to that. Look at Genesis fifteen thirteen. You're right there. You're not far. Genesis fifteen thirteen. And he said unto Abram, Know the surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. Why did God put the nation of Israel, the Jews, Abraham's seed, God's chosen people, why did God put them under bondage for 400 years? Hey, Pastor, what's this got to do with the Great Commission? And it all goes together. I am so against coming up with doctrines out of speculation. That happens so often. I'm, I try to be sensitive to that. It irritates me. But what do we do? We make doctrines for what we know, what we can see, what we can understand. Why did God put them under bondage for so long? Let's not speculate things that are, that, that are unanswerable and make a doctrine. But we can know this, that when they came out of bondage, they were prepared people. They were ripe for the teachings of separation and holiness. They've been slaves for 400 years. All they knew was being in prison. Coming out of Egypt, God knew, God knew that 400 years of bondage, now here's a people, they're looking for direction. They don't know how to live on their own. I'm going to take this people, I'm going to teach them. I'm going to teach them to be holy. I'm going to put standards on them that aren't on other people. But this is the holiness that I want them to be, that I want them to live. Because my seed is going to come through, their, uh, through the Abraham's loins. Amen. going to come right through Israel. I mean, we're not talking about some great person. George Washington. I, I can't think of a secular person right now. We're talking about the Son of God. We want to put everything to our standard and say, well, what's the big deal? I'm just... Uh, that we're talking about the God of the universe that we're serving. We should have a little unction and compassion and fluency when it comes to the things of the Lord. Not, uh... God will give them specific laws to live by to be a holy people, a called out people, paving the way for the Messiah to come. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Two more places in Scripture and we'll close. Four or five more minutes. When a child, I was telling Jessica this yesterday, <clears throat> when a child does something, mom and dad immediately are thinking of the aftermath, right? All the child thinks about the punishment, naturally, right? And, and how can I get out of this in any way possible? I was telling Jessica about a time when Rachel painted Ava's walls. 
beautiful lavender or something. Beautiful. And normally I'm the painter guy, but she painted it while I was working, and I was thinking, pushing side jobs like Robin. I mean, within hours. Hours, same day. Ava and Wyatt. Wyatt's bracing for impact right now. Put markers all over the wall, drawing and making pictures. The fresh painted walls. And while the kids are thinking, oh, the punishment is going to be so bad. Mom's thinking immediately what she now has to do to fix the problem. I've got to scrub those out. Not going to scrub out. I've got to repaint over it. If I got to repaint over it, and I got to go to the store, I got to buy a new another roller. That's that. I got to send Daniel to get a roller, get paint. Right? These are things, and the parents think about the consequence and what they got to do to fix it. Amen. When, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and and I, and I picture in my mind that they're hunkering behind some bushes or something. Right? They're hiding from the Lord. Uh, 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 God's walking in the garden I believe in the cool of the day and they're hiding from him and all they can think about is oh man we are dead they're not knowing what the consequence is but they're just wanting to get through the moment get through whatever punishment it is here our heavenly father knowing what they did before they even told him he's not just thrown through the garden thinking about how beautiful the garden is. He's going through the garden thinking about what he now has to do to fix the problem of sin that mankind has brought in. And it's not just, it's not just that I now have to punish them, I now have to kick them out of the garden because they're, they're, they're imperfect now. It's not just that they have to be kicked out of the garden, they now have to uh, work by the sweat of their brow, pulling weeds, dealing with plowing in the field, Amen. Working hard, the pain of labor, grave consequences. I can't imagine what they went through getting kicked out of the garden. I, I literally can't imagine going from perfect paradise to that. Put on God's mind as he's walking through the garden. And then, then he's thinking about, now I have to send my son to die for all these people that are going to be born. I need to send my only son as a perfect sacrifice, a perfect lamb. Brother Jim said it so plainly the other day. I don't know why God requires a blood sacrifice, but He does. There's no sacrifice on God's green earth that will save a sinner from hell other than the blood of Jesus Christ. But God's walking through the garden thinking about having to kick them out of the garden, thinking about sending His Son to die on a cruel cross. He's thinking about, I'm going to have to separate Adam, uh, Abraham from his family basically the rest of his life to wander. I'm going to have to take the, the seed of uh, uh, Abraham and they're going to be under bondage. They're going to be slaves. They're going to be in prison in Egypt for 400 years. 400 years is a long time. That's a whole lot of heartache, a whole lot of people for one sin. God's thinking about things that are going to happen. God's thinking about going through the garden because of the consequence of sin. Tribulation to come and in days, whenever that is. A lot of heartache. A lot of sadness. A lot of people in hell because they rejected the gospel. 
rejected the truth. All because of sin. God called Abraham to leave his father's country and trust God for the results. It wasn't Abraham's job to keep an entire nation holy. Abraham was just to obey the word of God. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. Did I tell you to turn there yet? I hope I did. Galatians 3 26. <coughs> For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God has called us today to simply spread the gospel message. All of it. Not just the death, burial, and resurrection, but the whole counsel of God, everything that Jesus taught. We're supposed to give to all nations. It's not our job to worry about the results that is entirely of God. It's our job to spread the gospel. You can't force feed somebody to put something in their heart. They've got to accept Christ for themselves. It's not just a, a, a believing in God is not enough. Satan believes in God. He's not going to heaven. Amen. Turn to Matthew 9.35 will be our last scripture. Matthew 9.35. It's just our job to obey the Word of God. We should have, I want to say this carefully, we should have a great conviction about the Great Commission. Our job is to just spread the Word and God will do the rest. Matthew 9.35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Amen. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, and amen and amen to this. He said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are you. He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Guys, it's harvest. Time to get on our plows and do something for the cause of Christ. The laborers are few. The laborers are few. I thank God that, that uh, sometimes we feel like Elijah and we feel like we're the only ones doing something. Amen. There's Christians all around. There's churches here and churches there. God's people are everywhere. Amen. I thank God for that. That job isn't to compare our church to their church or, or, or this to that. But our job is to just get the gospel message out. Our job is to obey the word of God even though it may seem like absolutely craziness that our people is going to be bondage for 400 years. We'll wander in the desert the rest of our lives. Sacrifice our only son on the altar, our son of promise that he said he'd give us in our old age. That made no sense. Man, there's a God who makes sense of all that. I thank 
I thank God for the day he saved me at seven years old. My dad led me to the Lord going through the Romans road. Man, what a blessing that was. I thank God for that day. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that you'd move in this invitation time, Lord, that every heart would be